you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hi, guys. Welcome back. As I navigate a jam-packed January, part of which includes traveling to Mexico and LA, and also recording season five of the podcast, which actually kicks off on February 2nd. But in the meantime, I'm going to be re-releasing some of our most popular episodes and our most downloaded episodes. Since these episodes were aired in season one and season two, I imagine that many of you never actually listened because perhaps you're a newer listener. Today, I'm re-releasing an episode that I recorded back in April 2018 with Ashley Meston and Phil LeBeau, who are the founders of Based Body Care. Back in the day when I worked for one of Canada's largest clean nutrition companies called Vega, Ashley and Phil were leaders who inspired me to show up to my job with passion, determination, and an all-in attitude. Though I never did have a lot of direct interaction with them, I watched them support Vega's growth strategy in many visionary ways. So if you're not familiar with their company, Based, Based Body Care is a line of organic, plant-based, cruelty-free, natural body care products. Ashley and Phil's vision behind Based was to be transparent, to use only ingredients they were proud of, and to create a brand that celebrates and nourishes all bodies. Knowing how much insight they would have in the realms of sales and marketing and entrepreneurship and really building a brand from the ground up, I knew that their episode would be a sure hit on the Visionary Life podcast, and it was. Since our episode, supplement company Genuine Health has acquired Based, which is very exciting. They now serve as the general manager and vice president of brand activation. So that's Ashley and Phil. And I really hope you enjoy this re-released episode because it truly is one of my favorite conversations that's ever been recorded for the show. Before we dive into this episode with Ashley and Phil, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Healthy Planet. If you are intrigued, maybe, by the based acquisition by Genuine Health, then listen up because Genuine Health is a company that makes all natural science-based supplements that give your body the nourishment it needs for improved energy. And as you guys know, Healthy Planet is a partner of the Visionary Life podcast, and they sell these genuine health products. So in order to keep all of my listeners and podcast community members in peak health, Healthy Planet is offering you 10% discount 
on any of your online orders, whether that includes Genuine Health or not. But any online order, order over $49.99, just use code VISIONARY10 at checkout and you're going to save 10%. So open up their website, healthyplanetcanada.com and start shopping. It's so easy to get your health goodies delivered straight to your door. Have you ever considered taking the knowledge and skill sets that you already have and turning them into a profitable business or a side hustle? That's exactly what I've done to build my brand and now I help others do the same. The program that I run three times yearly is called The Visionary Method and it's modern online business coaching program paired with live coaching inside of a community of like-minded people. It's kind of like a yoga teacher training or a bartending school, except I'm teaching you how to build a profitable online business. The next round starts February 10th and spots are very limited. So head to kelseyridle.com slash visionary method for more information. Ash and Phil, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm really looking forward to chatting all things plant-based body care, growing a natural health business, and navigating the world of entrepreneurship in a world with information overload, essentially. So thank you for having me in your home. Oh, no thanks for coming. It's really awesome to be here. And I love that through this podcast, I get to reconnect with old colleagues yeah, and yeah. Um, come into your space and, and just get a good 45 minutes where we're not on our phones and yeah. we just get to have great connections. So I'd like to start the podcast recently with kind of rapid fire questions, just so our listeners can get to know you. So we'll keep the answers quick, just spit out whatever the first thing <laughs> that comes to mind is. Um, so Phil, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, what's a book that's impacted your life? Um, so I read that question earlier and I, I, I would say books don't impact your life. People do, Ooh. but a book that's been meaningful in terms of my career is good to great is a good one. Um, and I've read tons of business books, but that's always one I kind of look back at. Okay. Well, that's such a deep way to start the I podcast. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to reframe my questions. <laughs> the pressure he puts. Can you, like, what do you mean by that? Because I've definitely said many times before that book has significantly impacted my life. Yeah. So generally speaking, you know, people come in your life and out of your life and they will provide mentorship and ideas and um, you know, meaningfully impacted because they're there with you and can help you through a journey where a book might just change a perspective. So it, it can impact what, how you see things, but it doesn't actually impact your life. That well, is you and the people around you who can materially change, you know, what you're doing. So cool. Okay. I'm going to have to like mull on that tonight. It's <laughs> very, very interesting. Uh, what's a workout of choice that you're really into right now? I always like lifting heavy stuff off the floor. There's no uh, room for alternate thoughts when you have something heavy in your hands or on your back. All you'd have to do is just think about lifting that off the ground. And if you, there's like, it just is a perfect mind blanking moment. Hmm. And that's, that's great. CrossFit or something is or like more, more just powerlifting, just power like weightlifting type stuff. Yeah. Cool. What's your favorite way to wind down on a Friday night? Um, well, like wine, like going for walks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wine is always great. Uh, also just totally doing like mind numbing things like going to a movie or like those kind of stuff and just mm -hmm. hanging out with friends. Mm -hmm. um, if you open your Spotify or Apple Music, what artist or playlist do you put on? I'm the worst because I just listen to like whatever the top 40 is. 
I don't actually care about the artist, just more like good music. Yeah, yeah. a pre-curated playlist, yeah, totally. maybe. I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's one thing you do every single day that's non-negotiable? I definitely drink coffee every morning. <laughs> yeah. That's a non-negotiable. And I, th- I think we reconnect with each other every day too, which is another kind of non-negotiable. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, Ash, let's move to you. So do you have a philosophy or a life motto that you live by? Um, I think one that drives me is there's a saying, um, be fearless in pursuit of what sets your heart on fire. And that was one that definitely carried me through, uh, my work at Vega and then deciding to start the business. That was something I kind of kept going back to. So, um, that's always been top of mind for me. Awesome. I love that. Uh, what's one job we'd be surprised to learn you had back in the day? Uh, I was a barista. My grandparents owned a coffee shop and so they gave me a job and I was terrible at it. I think they actually fired me. They just stopped giving me shifts, but, um, yeah, I can, I eventually learned how to make a latte. (laughs) Cool. That's actually my dream job because I love coffee so much and the culture around coffee. And I just thought it would be such a nice way to spend time to learn a lot of the how-to behind it, how to roast my own beans and brew a latte. I'm jealous. (laughs) Um, What do you eat for breakfast most days? I'm still pretty loyal to Vega. I actually have a shake every morning just about. Yeah, yeah, that's my go-to. I am too. I'm still a smoothie girl. I think I've been brainwashed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When you feel stressed or overtired, what do you do? (laughs) Um, During the summer, it's running. Uh, it's not far, it's not long, but just that little bit of movement kind of helps clear my head. And then in the winter, if I can sleep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Um, and a book or a podcast you're loving right now? Uh, well, a book I just picked up is the originals by Adam Grant. Um, so that one I'm super curious about because it's just getting me to think about going out of my comfort zone and really pushing the boundaries. So I'm, I still have to finish it, but that one's kind of piquing my interest right now. Cool. I'll link that in the show notes. I've never heard of it. Okay. So let's shift gears a little bit. I'd love to chat about entrepreneurship Mm because you're both entrepreneurial and that's one of the focuses of this podcast. Mm -hmm. So maybe Ash, let's start with you. So you mentioned your grandparents were obviously entrepreneurs. Yeah. Did you grow up around entrepreneurship? Yeah. Other than my grandparents, they, they had their own businesses. They had a couple of different ones, but my parents always had very stable kind of nine to five jobs. And I've never, ever identified myself as an entrepreneur. And even still, I find it hard to kind of self-identify as that. Um, I completely thought that I would live in this traditional world of working for a big business and uh, putting my time in that way. So this is this is pretty new to me. Mm, yeah. Very cool. Um, it'll be fun to chat with you about it too yeah. as you're navigating. Yeah. I always get stumped too. Like, what does entrepreneur even mean? Like, can anyone yeah. call mm-hmm. themselves an entrepreneur? It seems like a, a loose term these totally. days. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That could be a discussion on its own. Yeah. But yeah, and sometimes we have shame around saying, like, I'm an entrepreneur. It's like, well, I haven't really created anything yeah. massive yet. <laughs> it can be minute right just applying value to something that didn't have the value before right that's Mm. kind of like a generally accepted rule of an entrepreneur is they create value where value didn't exist before and you know they get monetized for that Mm. i've never heard Mm. that before but you're right like however you can add value to something that's unique in your own way you've just created something new right 
Um, and Phil, how about yourself? Did you go grow up around entrepreneurs or where did you get yeah. this bone in your body? So my grandfather had a construction company, so I was always around it um, growing up. Uh, my parents were teachers, so it wasn't necessarily inside of my, you know, my family nucleus there. Um, but I always wanted to have my own business. That was something from a very young age and it, that started with like paper routes and, you know, literally my brother and I would sprint from house to house after school so we could come get back and like wash transformers, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was always something that was a drive was mm. just achieving and succeeding. Hmm, cool. And so we're going to chat about your current venture towards the end of the episode, but have either of you identified as an entrepreneur before starting based? Yeah, I definitely have. Okay. So my experience at Vega, you know, being the first employee right. or small organization at that point, it was much like an entrepreneurial environment, you know, yeah. even though I didn't start it, um, but opened up a lot of the U.S. accounts and, you know, the U.S. business. So it was a lot of just you had to have that entrepreneurial mindship to be successful because okay. you're creating often new pathways or new business or new processes that didn't exist before inside of an organization or new ideas or new products or you know whatever just kind of you just had to have that mindset in the early days mm -hmm. so yeah let's stay there for a second so we keep bringing up vega um yeah. that's a really large plant-based nutritional company for many of the listeners who may not, but I'm sure most people by now if you live in North America have. So both of you played a pretty large part in the sales and marketing departments there. And so first of all, how long did you each work there? So I was there 10 years. 10 years. First, first employee from, you know, the company was under 3 million to after acquisition and beyond for about eight months after that, holding various roles throughout mm -hmm. the organization. But, um, that's where, you know, and I left a big company doing a pretty big role, took a pay cut to go to Vega for the chance to work with Charles, who was a great entrepreneur, knowing that I, at some point I wanted to, you know, start my own company. That was always the open conversation I had with him mm -hmm. when I came. Mm -hmm. So you knew, you kind of had this feeling that Vega was going big, like you could see that light at the end of the tunnel? You, or you, you kind of knew, like I, I was probably one of the first real people who just loved the product oh. um you know back in the day and you know from the i, I saw it from the very start mm -hmm. and you know because i worked for the company that distributed it mm -hmm. and you know got the opportunity to sell it and talk to people about it so it was something i was passionate about personally and i wanted to take passion into performance not just have a side hustle kind of thing like i wanted to make it what i did mm -hmm. what i loved what i did mm -hmm. and that was that's really what entrepreneurs do too and it was something that, you know, it was an open dialogue I had with Charles that I want to come here, I want to learn everything I can, so at some point I want to start my own company. Mm -hmm. And it was a great experience to do it. You know, I, we made a lot of mistakes, mm -hmm. and, you know, we, but at the end of the day, we did a lot of things right, too. And can I just ask you, did you like put yourself out there and ask for the job or did the job with Vega approach you? It came to me. Okay. Yeah. I was already looking for roles and I was interviewing with, you know, Pfizer and, you know, big companies at that point. Um, but, you know, I got approached. So I, my brother, Matt talked to me about it and then Charles and I chatted and it was kind of like a natural fit at that point. Cool. Mm -hmm. And Ash, how long were you there and what was your role with the company? Yeah, so I was there for just under four years and I joined when the company was around, 
I think it was around 50 million and then stayed through past acquisition for about a year. So when I joined, I joined um, to kind of develop the trade marketing team. So I was the director of trade marketing. And then my final role there um, over the years was uh, senior director of marketing. So I was really lucky in that I got to be, do a little bit of the sales world, but then also some of the marketing world with that. Um, and I mean, it, Vega was completely the job that changed my life. Like I say a job, it was a lifestyle more than anything for mm-hmm. anybody that worked there, but it completely transformed everything that I thought about business and probably thought about myself and what I could do and what I was capable of. So it was an incredible experience, even if it was just only four years. Mm-hmm. So in comparison to a job that you had before Vega, what, what transformed? Like what was so visionary about Vega? What was that lifestyle that made so, you realize it wasn't just a normal job. Yeah, like I think there was a couple of different things for me. One of the things that was so unique was um, the culture more than anything. And I mean, that's what people I think probably continue to go to when they talk about Vega, but I, I really truly think it was something special. I think that um, I learned how to really be part of a team where we actually like truthfully were each other's champions and biggest allies. and. Um, we all wanted each other to succeed no matter um, kind of what position we were in. So I think that was really unique. Um, I also think it was the first place that I had ever worked where it was actually okay to fail. And it was almost encouraged because the learning that you got from failure was so much greater than the learning that you would get from just having those couple small wins. And so that kind of, I think, gave me the confidence to go and try other things that I never would have even thought possible before because I was afraid or just didn't think it would be something that would be accepted. And the company almost encouraged it um, sometimes, sometimes to a fault, but sometimes to an amazing benefit with yeah. it. It's so true. Like yeah. that's when you really learn the most Completely. is when you try something yeah. and if it doesn't work, like yeah. that's okay. You're yeah. in a better spot now. Yeah. Um, from your perspective then, do you think it's really important now as you're both entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to work for another company and learn the ropes and see how an organization works together in order to have a successful mm-hmm. entrepreneurial venture? So from my perspective, I needed that experience because I, like I said before, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur and so I needed to have exposure to how other people approach business, how they approach challenges, um, the passion and the drive. Uh, I had worked in very traditional environments before. I worked for government agencies, billion dollar corporations, which were a bit more rigid. There was amazing things about them, but they're a bit more rigid. And I needed personally just to see what, um, what drove people every day when you were super passionate about that. So for me, I think it was critical to taking this next step. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You know, some of the biggest, best organizations were from people starting it right out of university mm-hmm. or in university. You think about mm-hmm. Facebook and Google and Microsoft and all mm-hmm. those kind of things. They're started by people who had a real idea. The difference yeah. between working at a large organization like what we did was it gives you the confidence of, okay, what steps should I take kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It just allows you to make maybe fewer mistakes, but you're still going to make a lot of mistakes when you're an entrepreneur. You know, Mm -hmm. we're learning something every day because, you know, even though we've kind of done stuff before, you forget some stuff about it. But if you surround yourself with people 
that are will are complimentary and are willing to take on mentors and ask questions Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the key to success is not thinking you know anything and asking questions Mm -hmm. you know if you are don't have the confidence to just go out there and do it or or at least like maybe not the right word but gusto to do it Mm -hmm. you better go work at another organization and build your confidence up. If you have the confidence that what you're going to do is going to be meaningful, then make sure you surround yourself with people that are, you know, different, have different ideas, are willing to challenge, and you feel comfortable talking to them about your challenges that you're facing. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, either path will will help you be successful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really unique perspective. So kind of on that topic, then, do you think that post-secondary education is kind of important still in today's self-taught era like we can learn anything we want and like you mm-hmm. said you can you can find mentors all around the world Absolutely. through our online platforms yeah. so yeah. where do you both stand on do i go to school and learn mm-hmm. about business yeah. or do i find a mentor immerse myself in books podcasts successful visionary stories mm-hmm. and is yeah. there one correct approach i know a lot of people are debating that as they have kids yeah. going off to school and spending a lot of money or even themselves oh. finding themselves at 40 out of a job thinking I should go back to school yeah. yeah what do you think on that topic this is just kind of yeah, yeah whatever comes to mind I think it's a really good question I think it's super relevant right now like you said um, so I believe in education I really do I think that there's some good foundational things that you can learn However, I don't believe that you have to have a university education or like any form of post-secondary to be successful. I think it is completely about kind of tapping into those other avenues like you just outlined um, to set yourself up. Um, so I like I never I never hired somebody just because they had a master's degree. That was like great, good check mark, but I kind of felt there was more value from just life experience and putting yourself into the role and learning as you go that was so i'm i'm really open to yeah i i think yeah uh, a number of different pathways um i might be more a little bit old more old school but it depends on what you want to do at the end of the day if you mm-hmm. want to be an entrepreneur the educational process systemizes how to learn right and that's mm-hmm. a really good thing like school doesn't actually teach you anything except for how to learn and that's a real important skill. Mm-hmm. And if someone hasn't got that skill about how to learn or a way to, you know, show people that they know how to learn, you know, not everybody's really good at self-directed learning. So in a university environment or college environment or whatever that is, you get resources, tools, um, ideas on how to expand your mind. And if you can do that on your own, great. Don't worry about school. However, not everybody's a successful entrepreneur. At some point, you may need to work at craft, mm-hmm. and you better have an education to go do that. So you're kind of hedging all your bets together that you can still work on your entrepreneurial idea while you're learning, but you've got a little bit of a piece of paper that says, hey, I still know how to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it really is about knowing yourself and like how do yeah. I best learn. And yeah. if you're self-motivated enough to self-teach and enroll in courses online and do the dirty work yourself I think go for it but a lot of us maybe don't have that and so you feel kind of like you do need to put yourself in the structured system which is great right um yeah I just it's the the structured system has been beneficial for so many people right Mm -hmm. even that though even it fails a lot of people too 
you know, you've got to figure out what works for you. How do I learn best? And all the university does is create a framework for how to learn, like we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's move into a couple of quick fire questions about entrepreneurship. So sure. what's the best part about owning your own business? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, I think it's the ability to create at any moment. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the best things. And then the flexibility of when you create. You know, you're not stuck to nine to five. You're not in most jobs that maybe now are nine to five anyway, but you can just do what you can work on whatever you want at any point in time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yourself? Yeah, I agree. Just, just that flexibility that comes with the creation. I think one thing too, for me, it's so, I'm amazed at how much, um, almost fulfillment I get from being able to work on something that I'm so passionate about with a great partner and, uh, to know that every single thing we do can have a positive or negative impact. And of course you can have that in another company where you work for mm-hmm. someone else, but I find a different level of, of actual ownership of different pride of, of, like I said, fulfillment that comes from owning your own company. Yeah. The, the absolute best thing though, like in my mind is we do something that we think is going to work mm-hmm. and then we get feedback from the consumer right. about it. Yeah. And that is the best. Like you get to create and then put it out there for brutal opinions. Yeah. Like you have no <laughs> control over how people feel about your products, how people feel about you, what your message is, all that kind of stuff. And then we get this really good reviews back mm-hmm. and that just kind of even motivates you even more to keep mm-hmm. going and, and go harder and faster and to keep doing things. And we're, we both are so focused on the consumer, the mm-hmm. person who's using the products mm-hmm. and to see them interact and give us feedback is like, mm-hmm. that's the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Even just through sifting through your website and social, I can sure. tell you're not talking at consumers. Like right. you're really speaking their language with them and yeah. you're in conversation. Yeah. It's not like, here's what you need to know and right. here's what we're saying to yeah. you. It's like, no, we're listening. Like we're really like yeah. trying to build an open communication line. Yeah. Let us know and yeah. we will continue to improve with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've had consumers cool. not love everything we've done and totally. they reach out and talk to us and we have, you know, you get the ability to shift and yeah. you can make some changes. You can, you can do things that you can't do if you're at a large, large organization. Mm-hmm. You know, it's awesome. The interaction feedback like we answer the questions we don't yeah. outsource the yeah. social media responses we don't outsource the emails we need to be connected to the consumer mm-hmm. yeah you're on the ground running with everyone yeah, which is great and we can feel that through the energy of your business yeah um so kind of speaking to the fact that you guys both came from nine to five jobs do you still work within that structure or have you found a different flow like working early mornings and late nights and weekends Mm -hmm. versus nine to five? Or do you have any like structure? So I don't think I ever worked nine to five in my life as a a point. I always worked like an entrepreneur. And to me, that means like you do the work when it needs to get done. That's the most important thing. And yeah, sometimes at one o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to say, I don't have anything pressing right now. I'm just Mm going to take off for an hour or two, but you're always coming back to it. You're always on. Um, We generally work the typical flow, like we're both early morning people, Mm -hmm. like to work in the morning, most people aren't up, and then our manufacturers and a lot of our suppliers are out west, so it gives us an extended day, so we get an extra three hours of time when the east coast is done, where we can communicate with our west coast suppliers, but 
I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where you work as needed. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if only if, but the reality is you don't just do what's needed. You do what's required and beyond because if you, all you did was what was needed, mm -hmm. you would never grow. You always have to put that little extra mm -hmm. sprinkle on top. And do you find that there's been like natural seasons of your business where like you might be in a launch or something's really pressing and then it, it flows into more of relax or consistencies? How do you guys? It's probably a little hard to tell. It just, it feels busy all the time right now. Yeah. Christmas was rocked busy. us. That we were, we were so grateful for it, but that yeah. completely blew us away. All we could do was pack orders yeah. and <laughs> it was pitiful. Like we could not answer emails yeah. to save our life. Like no matter what we tried. So that <laughs> was a good learning, I think for this coming season. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just always busy. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. But it, yeah, and you need to have those moments yeah. where you go, we really suck right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, and when you when you suck at something that you're yeah. typically good at, you know, then you need to bring in help. Totally. <laughs> and you have to yeah. kind of reevaluate what you're doing. And it's, you know, like like Ash said last Christmas, that's all we could do. Yeah. Was just pack orders, which we're super grateful for, but it really exposed a lot of gaps yes. in what we were doing yes. and how unscalable what we were doing was <laughs> and, yeah. you know that's you need that yeah. and that's the difference between success and failure is knowing when to pivot mm -hmm. and grow and to give up certain things that you you think are important mm -hmm. but are they really providing value to the business that only you can provide mm-hmm and um, is this headquarters right here? Is this where it we're packing? Is, yeah. And it was a recent change. So yeah. we, we had an office that we okay. were working at. And we actually felt like it was not as productive. Yeah. Simply because now it's here yeah. where we live. Yeah. And we are able to work at any time. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And we're still packing orders for consumers ourselves because we do want to have that Personal, you know, touch. personal touch and that, yeah. that emotional connection with them but we are able to really put in an extra time even more because that office was a little harder to to just stay long at mm -hmm. yeah yeah this allows us to always be on which yeah. is a good thing for the two of us definitely yeah, yeah. most great businesses started yeah. in a garage yeah <laughs> we, had, we had to do that um okay before we shift to chatting about based your yeah. baby I just want to know, is there a tool or a ritual or an object that you couldn't live without in respect to running a business? <laughs> I, I think for us, it's social media, which ah. I never thought I would say. <laughs> um, but I think it is because it allows us to actually connect with the consumers, like Phil was saying, and yeah. have real conversations and get that feedback and understand what's working, what's not. And I'm shocked at how much I depend on it just yeah. to get that pulse check as yeah. to what's going on. So we we live on it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of our core beliefs about transparency. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not available, you're not transparent. So we are always available for communication. You know, people Facebook Messenger us, they message us on Instagram or Twitter or whatever and we always respond. Yeah. And we always answer the questions and not every conversation is one that's appropriate to have on social media so we'll bring them to our email um, but we absolutely answer every single thing every time mm -hmm. and try to make sure that we're available 
you know, it's a lot of work, but it is. it's yeah. needed. Do you feel the need to maybe one day establish boundaries around that so that you're not always connected and working? Like I know you're in the early phases yeah. and when you love your work, it's yeah. so easy to be on all the time. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, is that slowly killing me? That I'm always working, <laughs> yeah. I'm always connected, yeah. I'm always responding. Do you so, need boundaries? No. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think yeah. you do because yeah. Yeah. you're one person. At the end of the day, you don't go to work and go, well, now I'm a CEO or now I'm an entrepreneur and then mm -hmm. at home I'm a dad. You're a dad at work and you're an entrepreneur at home too. So you're always on, right? And at the end of the day, it's you got to just make time for what's important. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have things that are important to you that aren't just work, like running or family or whatever that is for you. And when you do that, you develop, you know, it's like cross-training for something. The more you cross-train, the better you are at the one thing you want to be really good at. If mm -hmm. all you did was work all the time, you would be really shitty at that job. So mm -hmm. you're better off having moments of like mental break, physical breaks, or whatever that is, spiritual, if that's what you're into, and doing that. And But you don't have to do them nine to five. You do them when you need them. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing. And that's really one of the benefits of running your own business and being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. is when you need that moment of whatever, reflection, you go take it. You don't have to answer to mm -hmm. the higher power of, you know, your boss. You are the boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Okay, I'd love to transition into BASED now because, gosh, there's so much I'm sure we could talk about and dig into here. So let's go back to the ideation of this yeah. brand and this product. So knowing that, you know, Phil, you said you, you wanted to be an entrepreneur and you kind of knew that that yeah. was your path. Mm -hmm. Did you know it was going to be plant-based body care? No. No. <laughs> no. So take us back to where did this idea come yeah. from and was it one of you suggesting to the other or did this just like, you know, yeah. come in a dream one night? Um, yeah, I was really drunk. And <laughs> no. That'd be a good story. Yeah, you'd, have to, you'd have to be drunk to do it. Yep. Um, <laughs> So it actually started with, after leaving Vega, knowing that I wanted to work with somebody that I really enjoyed working with, Ashley. Mm -hmm. And also, I wanted to do something that represented from a brand standpoint. And it started with the brand, not mm -hmm. the products. And that's maybe slightly different than how people approach businesses. They say, oh, I've got a great product and I'm going to make it a business. We were like... We have an idea for a great brand, yeah. and the brand was based, and that was something that I uh, came up with because everybody was talking about plant-based, and yeah. I totally believe in the lifestyle, and you know maybe don't practice it perfectly, yeah. um, but believe in it. It's the future of what needs to occur for you know the society and the environment, and everybody's just using plant-based, plant-based, this ethically based this, and I was just like, just be based. Mm -hmm. and be done with it and mm -hmm. then we just came up with that name based um and it just has a happy coincidence of really on urban dictionary kind of meaning a lot of the way i am a lot of the way actually is is you just do what you want without worrying about what other people think about that mm -hmm. you know if it's the right thing to do go do it don't worry about what other people think if you want to wear clothes that look you think other people might make fun of you about but you love it go do wear those clothes like mm -hmm. be who you are and don't worry about what other people think that's being based. Yeah. And, you know, from there, developing the brand and things that we just love to do, like we love, you know, our vision is empower the individual. And that's something that we are all about from a consumer standpoint. And we're going to take that and run it into a corporate standpoint. We're not going to worry about the employee. We're going to worry about you as a person. 
We're not going to worry about our consumer. We're going to worry about them as a person. How do we meet your needs? How do we make you thrive a little bit more in the space that you exist in? And that's our goal. Mm -hmm. We know, you know, especially from an employee standpoint, this isn't their last job. Mm-hmm. If it is, that's really probably sad. <laughs> it's not going to be our last job. No. So, you know, how does this lily pad get them to that next lily pad to be better than they were? And that's mm-hmm. how we approach it. And that's how we're always going to approach it. Mm-hmm. So when we started look, looking at the core of the brand, body care is actually Ash's idea. It was her thing. It was something she was passionate about. And, you know, when you started looking at the consumer's segment... Um, you know, you go to a grocery store, they have an entire aisle for pet, they have an entire aisle for cleaning, and they have an entire aisle for personal care. It's the only place in the store they have an entire aisle dedicated to one thing. Mm-hmm. So it makes you think, this is a really big category. Pet has had lots of disruption. Mm-hmm. A lot of brands have come in and disrupted pet. You think of Blue Buffalo as mm-hmm. an example. Method came in and disrupted cleaning. And you look at the body care aisle, it's three companies. And no one's really been able to penetrate it and make a meaningful difference to the consumer. And we thought we could do that. And it's a little bombastic, mm-hmm. but we thought we could do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. And what needs to be disrupted in the body care aisle? Is it the quality, the transparency, it's everything? everything. Yeah. It's, it's everything. Like I think the transparency from an ingredient standpoint about what all companies are choosing to kind of put in their products right now it's pretty scary actually when you really start to dig into it there's even some brands that are kind of in the same category aren't um probably as green as they should be and it's it's a journey everybody can always do better so it's, it's not I, i'm sounding pretty harsh on them but i think everybody can just start to um, be a little bit more conscious about that. I think the accessibility is yeah. really, really important to us. And that's something that we kind of have as a theme throughout. So accessibility in terms of where it's available, accessibility in terms of price point. So sometimes when you go into natural care products, they're very, very expensive. It's a very premium product. And so I've always um, kind of taken issue with that, that just because you are part of a certain income bracket, you're only allowed to kind of have these better options that just didn't feel right so that was something as well and then accessibility to the business too so can you talk to a real person can you connect with that brand does it inspire you so i think when we looked at the body care space we just thought everything needs some tweaking here there's an opportunity right now yeah you have have the the big guys you know like procter and gamble johnson johnson and unilever essentially own an aisle and there hasn't been meaningful innovation in a long time and then you have all the natural brands that are just they're natural brands and they don't really in our perspective from our perspective they're probably going to listen to this and mm-hmm. you know put me on a, on a pitchfork but um they're not connecting with the consumer in the same way so we thought there's an opportunity to really connect with the consumer mm-hmm. in a message that they care about about empowerment and respect and mm-hmm. equality and then deliver on a product standpoint yeah. that performs as good or better than what they find in a high-end department store and smell as good or better than what they find in a, in a department store yeah. but they're not skimp on the ethics so we like to say like based is where from a product standpoint aesthetics and ethics could collide you yeah. get the best of both worlds in that time period on top of that we deliver it in a way that's accessible it's affordable you know 1599 for a body wash that lasts you a month like that's mm-hmm. really accessible we literally had a retailer say, 
to us. I yeah. can't carry you even though I use your products because you'll ruin my business. Yeah. You're too affordable. We've had a couple We've had, tell yeah. us that. Yeah. And which is great because yeah. that we don't care about the retailer necessarily. It's the consumer. Yeah. We're going to do something meaningful to the consumer and that's what we care about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm really excited to hear all about this because I've been struggling as a consumer and watching other consumer patterns. Like we have a huge drugstore chain here in Canada called Shoppers Drug Mart. And for the last five years, I've been waiting for them to introduce something natural in the body care aisle. And I just am confused at why such a large billion dollar chain has yet to provide options that are, yeah, natural and more um, just transparent ingredients and companies. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective, do you know what's going on there? Is it that there's a lack of education and consumers are not yet aware of the toxins and the chemicals that are in these traditional yeah. brands that you mentioned? Or is there truly still a low need for this type of product? Why is our largest drugstore chain not yet offering the average person the chance yeah. right. to shift their spending patterns to a company like right. yours? Yeah. Or yeah, So I think it's a little bit of both sides of the table bear responsibility in that where shoppers drug mart is you know a really great brand to the consumer Mm -hmm. and i think they have a desire to deliver to the to to their customers something that's more natural and clean i don't think that that's like their mission to say no no we're only going to have dirty stuff yeah Mm -hmm. i think they would like to do that yeah then on the other side of the table you have the brands who are either not scalable Mm -hmm. because they have 1200 doors and that's a hard thing to do from a business so the small guys probably can't scale up and ramp up afford to do shoppers drug Mm -hmm. in a meaningful way and then you have other brands that are natural that could afford to do it that don't connect with the consumer in the same way and i'm not going to name the brands but there's a bunch of them that are just all they do is try to out natural each other and they Mm -hmm. don't really look at the consumer so you know we hope anyway that we could deliver a product that would appeal to that consumer base uh, at a price point that's accessible you know and that's part of the problem too is there is kind of like a price limit for yeah. body lotion mm-hmm. it can't be 50 bucks for a bottle of body lotion you know, you've got to be you know dove is like 20 bucks 15 bucks the, the gap between that and some of the natural brands is way too large the delta is too big for a consumer to make that change and mm-hmm. they may not feel like it's meaningful enough yet so mm-hmm. it's kind of we, we kind of view you know I've been in the industry for 15 years now I look at natural body care as like health food 15 20 years ago and there's an mm-hmm. opportunity for some players to come in and do like act like the leader mm-hmm. and do something different yeah and you guys are doing a really good job at you know through your message educating the consumer yeah. on exactly what's in your products and why they might want to shift so with based how are you ensuring that the consumer is educated on the product is it through social media is it through face-to-face one-on-one connections yeah so it's a bit of a combination like we we try to do our best to um, call out kind of what we call feature ingredients or just like really talk about the heroes and the benefits of them um, some of it is about the consumer doing a little bit um, further digging on their end. So on our website, we list every single ingredient. We tell you the purpose of them. We even have a section called things that sound scary that aren't because sometimes 
the Latin names of some of the ingredients sound terrifying and you're just like, this must be a chemical, but it's actually derived from a flower or a plant. So we do what we can from that perspective, but then also working with retailers and partners and influencers just to help with that education and the approachability of the brand, I think is really important for us. So it's, it's about a community kind of helping each other out. It can't just be us on social media yeah. saying this works or this doesn't. I think part of it though is, and it might sound repetitive here, is we're not really trying to hammer home the toxicity message to consumers. Right. It's kind of like a happy second, really. You know, we're trying to deliver home like the equality message, the transparency message, that you can be, you're good enough for as who you are message. That's what we're trying to do. It's like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. That's our message. It's like a happy little secondary thing that we happen to be really clean. You know, we smell great. The product works as you'd expect it to work. Mm -hmm. That's where we're trying to win on. And the clean message is kind of like, oh, and by the way, we happen to be better than any product that's out there just so you know yeah it's like a bonus it's like a bonus yeah awesome yeah i love that it's definitely a unique way to approach launching a business start with the brand and the community and yeah of course with the clean product people are gonna love you even more right yeah i do think i just will say as a side note i do think it is important though that um as we try to bring more people over to this general category not just to base but to your category Mm -hmm. that we feel really comfortable having the conversation about what is in the products and that we feel really comfortable and confident with finding a trusted resource so um, a place like shoppers drug mart i mean they are a trusted brand and so a lot of people will look to them to kind of bring in really quality products and to do their due diligence and there's a lot of other amazing companies that offer that kind of same confidence so one that we've partnered with that i think has been tremendous in helping with that education has been think dirty so they're this amazing toronto based company where they've developed an app to basically help the consumer understand the toxicity levels of a product just by scanning a barcode on their phone Mm -hmm. and for me that has helped me personally um really understand the space a lot better and to be able to kind of look at key ingredients and to maybe ask questions that I wouldn't have before and expand my own understanding, which has then made me want to learn more about other brands and um, just approach, I think, body care in the industry in a different way that I never thought I could before. And I think other consumers find the same avenue. Yeah. 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 I used to, when I worked as a nutritionist, I always referenced reference to the think dirty app yeah. so can i scan your products yes. on there and yes. learn about them yeah awesome yeah. such a great way to just like give yourself that little bit of awareness of what you are actually Absolutely. using in your home and yeah such an accessible scale they use and it's simple to understand totally and when we did it like we submitted our products for a review yeah you don't know what it's going to be ah. it was really a you know it was terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. Because you think you're doing the right thing, yeah. but you have an independent yeah. third-party mm-hmm. company reviewing it, and you can't take it back. Yeah. You know, like, once it's you submit for review, <laughs> yeah. it's up permanently. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to get a perfect zero, um, which is great. But we still think we can improve on mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of things without skipping on performance. Like yeah. That's the number Absolutely. one. Product has to work. Yeah, I'll definitely link that app in the show notes as well so that the listeners yeah. can check it cool. out. 
Um, so speaking of things that could have maybe yeah. gone wrong, have you <laughs> run into any major roadblocks through this process of launching base that could have or almost derailed your vision? <laughs> Without shedding tears here. Yeah. yeah. I did cry once. <laughs> Just once? Yeah, I did cry once, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. There's so many things that can derail you as an organization, right? Mm-hmm. Like one is financial. You can mm-hmm. have a lot of like financial ruin when you're starting your own company because you have to take risks in doing it. And you only invest the dollars if you really believe in it. And if you're not willing to invest the dollars, question why aren't don't you believe in it? And, you know, it's a sacrifice every day in terms of when you're doing that. But I, I would say like the, the scary moments are, you know, when you first, our first sale, you know, we were very purposeful of going to retailers that didn't have any experience with us mm-hmm. from our time at Vega yeah. and getting like honest feedback. Mm-hmm. And we got told it's really a crowded space. You, you know, it's 2017. What are you, this is like, yeah, why don't are you doing launch, this? Why don't are you do guys this doing this? You're yeah. kind of like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Yeah. And we just still believed in it, so we yeah. pushed forward. But you invest tens of thousands of dollars in inventory, and then you go, and the next thing you know, you're like mm-hmm. investing more in inventory, and then more yeah. in inventory, and more and more and more. And now we're hiring somebody, so you kind of like have another moment of like scariness mm-hmm. of like, yeah. oh crap, we got to bring somebody in and grow. Yeah. which is great so we never wavered on our vision like I don't think there was anything that ever shook us no. to say that our vision wasn't something that we needed to to reevaluate so I think that part was really positive but yeah. there was absolutely moments as we were kind of working on the brand or developing stuff that were really like Phil said like scary or <laughs> that made yeah. me cry I mean literally when we were printing our first round of labels um, oh, took the product into the shower and all the ink ran right off, off of the, the label. label and it was the biggest moment of panic and yeah. I kind of froze for a second and then we kind of got ourselves together and I was like okay and fixed it but in that moment like I literally saw our dream going down the drain so literally. that was yeah literally <laughs> so that like I, I couldn't even I couldn't do, do anything to save it so there's it. been there's been um, hiccups like that in every every step okay. that we've done okay. <laughs> but the the vision fortunately has kind of kept both of us aligned to yeah. keep persisting keep moving forward and then we'll figure it out and there's been like i got a holy shit moments kind yeah. of thing where you know we almost ran out of stock like we were out of stock yeah on certain things and then our order our, our order came in the next day mm-hmm. and we were like oh thank god yeah and you see you know people going oh we sold so fast we came out of stock and i look at that those kind of moments where you see them on social media we're like the sweater that sells so fast you can't keep it in stock it's like no you had really shitty planning yeah, yeah. Like, you are yeah. really bad at planning how much money did you lose because yeah. of that yeah you know we want to be able to deliver to the customer the product when they want yeah. it mm-hmm. and not have to wait for it like that's one of our things and yeah that was pretty yeah. Like every day you look at the inventory and your heart is like, <gasps> Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you guys persevered through all those obstacles. <laughs> and you're right. It just Thanks, it yeah. continues to yeah. Yeah, yeah. keep you moving forward and learning. And Phil, you mentioned something that someone said, like, it's 2017. What are you doing launching? Yeah, yeah. So this kind of makes me think of the idea of saturation. Yeah. And um, it's actually something that I struggled with in launching a podcast because I kept thinking every year or every month, yeah. oh, I should have got in it four years ago. Yeah. It's not my time. I'm too yeah. late to the game. And 
I kept having this word saturation pop up and I'm like, the market's saturated. There's no room for my podcast. Yeah. Um, do you believe in saturation? Yeah. Everything's saturated. Or because you said like when you put your unique spin on something, like you could have that next best thing. So what do you think of the idea of when someone tells you that category is saturated? Should that send you on a different path? Or if your vision and why is strong enough, keep moving forward. You, you, you got to keep moving forward if you believe in it, right? That's the idea. If, if you, it can be a real reason why you stop, and that just tells you your vision isn't strong enough. Mm-hmm. So it's 2018 now, and everything is saturated. Literally, everything is saturated unless you're making, you flying know, cars. flying cars, automated vehicles, artificial intelligence. Like those are the unique things that aren't saturated anymore, right? Even space travel is starting to get saturated with all these companies starting to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's very few things that are saturated. However, there's lots of opportunity to do something that could be slightly better to the consumer. And, you know, Brendan Brazier, in his infinite wisdom, Mm -hmm. he's like, if all people wanted was, then people didn't know they wanted a car. If Henry Ford delivered to the consumer what they wanted, he would have made a faster horse. So, you know, you can deliver something to the consumer that's slightly different in the same general category. Transportation is saturated, but if it's slightly different, you might win there. You know, we're trying to do it differently in terms of what the brand means, how the products perform, how the products smell. That's what we're trying to do slightly different. Mm -hmm. Body care is super saturated. However, there's a gap in this one small spot. Awesome. Um, okay, so let's kind of wrap it up here. Can you just outline for us, like, what can I buy from Based? What are the products that are currently available? So we like to stick to the neck down body. And the reason why we want to stick to body care is it's not it's a category that you can make a change in without mm-hmm. changing your outward expression to the world. You know, people mm-hmm. are very set on their mascara, their eye makeup, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's something they do. It's, it's part of their character. Body's not. Mm. So there's an opportunity to make a change as a consumer that doesn't cost a lot, but can actually meaningfully change like toxic load, the brand you're using, what the brand represents. That's really simple. How you feel about it. Do you care if you use Avino or Johnson Johnson or Dove? The answer is no, you don't care. Mm. So there's a chance to make a switch that's meaningful to you and the environment that makes you feel good, makes you smell good. Um, and we have a body scrub, a coffee body scrub, mm-hmm. and everything we do right now has a little bit of caffeine in it. And mm-hmm. the benefit of caffeine is it draws blood flow to the area you use it, mm-hmm. which is great for a lot of skin conditions like acne, cellulite, stretch marks, and that kind of stuff. So the coffee body scrub, and the first time we use it, it's like you go, oh my God, I did not can be so soft. It's <laughs> kind of the, the response that we get often. And then a body wash yeah. um, that is aloe vera juice based and it just leaves you silky smooth and mm. doesn't leave any buildup on you. And then a body lotion that smells great, has five organic plant oils in it that just performs beautifully. It leaves you a little shimmery, a little brightness as they mm. like to call it, absorbs beautifully, not greasy, and just a slight scent that makes you feel great about it. Awesome. Yeah. So men can use these products too, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Men are kind of the most, like, they kind of hack 
the products a little bit. You know, they use the scrub on their head because they shave yeah. their heads. They use the body wash as like a shampoo. Yeah, they actually and, have brilliant innovation with yeah. it that I don't think women always think about. But like guys push the boundaries yeah. of yeah. like what they can do with their products. Laziness is the mother of all innovation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, they just want simple, so yeah. they just use whatever they have. Yeah. Yeah. They get creative. They, they, get creative. they do. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Is there any new products coming down the pipeline or yeah. potential yeah. expansion? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So we've got we've got a new scent that we're going to be coming out with pretty soon, soon. Um, which I'm really excited about because it's my favorite one. Yeah. Um, do we want to share with sure. it? Yeah. So it's a sandalwood scent Ooh, uh, yeah. with a hint of bergamot in it, which is just really warm and just very sexy and sophisticated to me. Um, but we have a lot of ideas. Like yeah. we probably have about two to three years worth of innovation mm. that we would like to do, but we're also really trying to keep the lineup pretty tight so yeah. that we don't have too much of an overwhelming, um, choice for the consumer. And we just keep it very, very clean, um, with what we're offering. So you want to be known yeah. for something. Yeah. Like you don't want to mm -hmm. deviate too far from your wheelhouse before you go you know expand everywhere yeah. like yeah vega at the end of the day was a protein powder yeah forever mm -hmm. and then we made a bar you know like which was a protein based bar mm -hmm. so it's it's really important to you know, know your lane own it yeah. be the best before you start diverting into things that maybe the brand or the products don't have permission to do quite yet mm-hmm yeah build the foundation really strong yeah right. yeah exactly yeah. and uh final question where are these products available how can we get our hands on them so we we have our website basebodycare.com and we are absolutely just like ourselves in making the website we don't have any minimum we never charge shipping yeah it's because we hate that as consumers <laughs> it, it's hard on us as, as you know entrepreneurs but at the end of the day it's best for the consumer that's why we do it yeah. so and we have anywhere in us and canada yeah, free, shipping, free shipping no minimums so that's the best place to go yeah and we have you know new retail new retail partners is here in kitchen waterloo if you're in the area there's um fiddleheads truth beauty company we're going to be on well.ca very soon we in the u.s we have a, a retailer named credo which has been amazing they've mm -hmm. got 10 stores plus a great online presence mm -hmm. and we're expanding every day vitasave.ca yeah. is another one that we use um and we're expanding really aggressively at this point so awesome yeah well i'm super excited for you both and Thank for you. the growth of the company i think it's extremely visionary what you're doing and I just can't wait to see how this message amplifies and is yeah. able to affect the health and Thanks. yeah, just the entrepreneurial mindset of people who are looking to either create a product or a brand or bring their vision to life. So thank you for being on the podcast. And if people want to find out more about BASED, where can they go? BASEDbodycare.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll chat soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So if you could help me out by rating and reviewing this show on your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Kelsey Riddle. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I would love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.